This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Welcome back to The Gospel for Life. It's always a pleasure to start the day with you. And if you want to interact with us, you can always send us an email at thegospelforlifeidaho at gmail.com. We are continuing to talk about the resurrection. Um, Don't worry, we do know that, at least on the church calendar, that event has passed. But hopefully you do know and and understand and embrace the idea that every Sunday is a resurrection Sunday, that the reason why we celebrate on a Sunday is because that is now the Lord's Day, first day of the week, um, as opposed to the last day of the week. And John, who writes... Anytime John writes with chronology, it's always theological. So anytime you're reading through the Gospel of John or in his epistles, there's a a time marker, or in the book of Revelation, for John, chronology is always theological. And so if he's included something, it's for a reason. And so in John chapter 20, he goes bends over backwards to keep talking about the first day of the week. And it's because he's making the point for the church in the first century that that means something that something has changed. And remember, he's writing later than the other gospel writers, and he is, at least in some ways, emphasizing that the church now no longer meets on the Old Testament Sabbath. It meets on the New Testament Sabbath, which is now the Lord's Day, which is Sunday. Mm -hmm. All of that just to make sure that you know that we are not behind in the game. (laughs) We just think that the resurrection is something that is good to settle down on, to have straight in our minds, to be sure of that if Jesus is not raised from the dead, we of all people are to be pitied. And so we want you to embrace fully the idea and understand fully the idea of the resurrection of Jesus Christ and why it matters. Mm -hmm. So for the next little while, we are still going to be talking about the resurrection. And today we are in John 20, and Ryan is going to read us some verses. Yeah, this is uh, John chapter 20, verses 24 to 31. And Jesus has already been raised from the dead. He's appeared to the majority of his disciples already. And uh, we learned that Thomas was not there. And we hear now this is the uh, living word of God, John twenty twenty four and following. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails, and place my finger into the mark of the nails, and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, and see my hands, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? 
Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So the last two verses there are really the purpose statement of the book of John. Why did John write the gospel message? And it's so that we might believe that Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus is the Son of God, and that by belief in him, that he is the Christ, that belief in him, that he is the Son of God, we have life. Mm. So just always keep that in mind as you read through any of the accounts in the gospel of John. John has chosen them deliberately because he's saying these are just further proof that Jesus is a Christ, or that Jesus is the Son of God, and that you're supposed to believe. I do want to just clear up one thing before we go into this, because this is the passage that, that poor Thomas gets the, the, the label, Doubting Thomas. Mm-hmm. But I think you need to know, so Thomas is saying, unless I put my fingers in his side, unless I put my fingers in his hand and see this, I'm not going to believe. You have to know that for the disciples, Luke 24, Jesus appears and he says, why are you troubled and why do doubts arise in your hearts? Now mm-hmm. note the next thing he says, see my hands and my feet that it is I myself. Touch me and see for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet and while they still disbelieved, for joy. It's not the the doubting Thomas, it's the doubting disciples. Mm -hmm. Thomas is simply asking for what the other disciples had already experienced. And they doubted, they disbelieved for joy. So all of that just to say, please don't be so hard on Thomas. Mm -hmm. Um, He is not alone in his doubts and his uncertainties. All of the disciples were in the same boat. Mm-hmm. All of it goes to the fact that, um, you know, belief, Christian faith, it's not against the evidence. To, you know, we're, it's a faith that is based on the evidence. We, we believe in this historical testimony of the apostles, too. Uh, and so there is no real virtue in just taking a blind leap of faith. Rather, we know there are reasons undergirding our trust in Christ, mm-hmm. and we should strive to have a basic knowledge of that historical evidence, and and that's provided for us through the uh, the apostles, through men like Thomas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's great comfort, I think, in 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 watching how Jesus deals with Thomas, and then as as Russ read from Luke, how you know we we tend to think that you know we, we should be strong enough, and and we don't we, we should never have any doubts, or we should never have any questions. And I think through these the, these passages, I think can give us comfort. It's there will be doubts, there will be times of uncertainty, but it's how we respond in those moments that is important. Do we turn to Christ or do we turn to away from Him? And uh, He shows here how patient He is and how comforting He is, even in the midst of those doubts. He He brings His disciples to the point of belief. And insurance. Yeah, Jesus is compassionate enough and, and a shepherd that he can handle our doubts, he can handle our questions, mm-hmm. and is more than willing to meet us right right where we're at. If anything, I think Thomas is uh, evidence for not missing church, right? Right, Cause exactly. He, uh, missed out on the first seeing of the Lord because uh, he wasn't with the other disciples. So uh, get to church and gather and, with the disciples. And, 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 and to that, just you know, a, a little side note too, not just morning worship, but if your church has evening service, you know, Jesus met 
in the evening with his disciples. So Look out. evening <laughs> worship is important. Like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, it's interesting that so many people in my experience have, have said, you know, have had negative things happen in their life and, and are, are struggling. And they're like, I just, I couldn't, I just couldn't bring myself to go to worship. Mm. And I would suggest that that is exactly the time you need to be in worship. Mm-hmm. That there is no no more important time for you to be in worship than when you are hurting and struggling and it's hard. And I think Thomas, as you said, is a good example of why you don't miss church. Mm-hmm. Because there is a purpose. And we might not know what it is. I mean, I got a phone call earlier this week where somebody said, the song that we sang on Sunday morning, the words of the song, I'd been struggling with a, how to make a decision on, on a particular issue in my life and I... I kind of knew what I think what I was supposed to do, but I just couldn't bring myself to do it. And then we sang the song and the individual said, it was so clear to me that God was saying, do you need anything more? You already know that this was what you're supposed to do. Here, let me reinforce that with something from worship. And this individual said, well, I I knew what I had to do. Mm -hmm. And he said, "I, I didn't really want to do it but I knew I should, and this was just confirmation to take that next step. So, mm-hmm. yeah. One of the things that's interesting about this passage is you still find the uh, disciples in the upper room with a locked door, even that knowing that uh, Christ is risen. Sometimes our, our doubts go away slowly. Sometimes our, our, you know, we're told that you passage that you read in conjunction with this was that uh, the disciples disbelieved for joy. You know, there is a joy and a disbelief that can mix together. It's too wonderfully good to be true, we're thinking in our mind. And uh, and sometimes those things go away slowly, and we're going to find out that the disciples, you know, they're going to end up turning upside down Jerusalem with the message of Christ's resurrection. They don't do that until the Holy Spirit comes down upon them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's also interesting how we've attached this passage and we would we refer to it as doubting Thomas, but in other contexts we look at this passage as one of the proof texts for the divinity of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Because Thomas, after touching Jesus, then falls down and, and responds in worship, my Lord and my God, and Jesus doesn't correct him. He actually receives Thomas's worship and we use that as a proof text for Jesus' divinity. We should we should rebrand Thomas. He should be declaring Thomas. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. John uh twenty twenty eight, my God and my Lord, uh, mm-hmm. Thomas responded. And that's not a throwaway phrase. I mean, my Lord is actually referring to the Old Testament name of Yahweh, um, a name exclusively used for God. Mm -hmm. And so he he is making this strong declaration. I mean, notice he's not even referring to Jesus' humanity at this point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's solely concentrating on the fact that this is God and God alone. My Lord, my God. At first he wants to see his humanity. He wants to see his humanity. He wants to – I mean, that – that's the reason for the the touching and handling of his body, seeing him with his own eyes. He wants to he wants to concentrate on the that he truly has been raised from the dead. He you know the real person. But then in the end, he recognizes that divine uh, nature of Christ too. And you know this passage with uh, Luke that you read, they're they're important. Uh, you know, as God has given us these accounts together. That Jesus's body was a real body. I mean, his resurrected body was a real body. He wasn't a spiritual apparition. You know, he could be touched. He could be hugged. He, you know, he they they, they could feel him. And uh, it's important that to understand too that he still exists in that way today. He's still one hundred percent man, one hundred percent God, but glorified. 
Yes, and then and then what's really remarkable is Jesus' response to Thomas when he uh, he gives him a blessing, but he also says that there would be those that believe on his resurrection without seeing his physical and resurrected body. This is a, that not necessarily a rebuke, but it's signaling that there are going to be those like ourselves that that believe, <coughs> um, and we do that, and we're basing that on that apostolic testimony. We are receiving it by that uh, the authority of those that have have seen it with their own eyes. Hmm. The author to Hebrews would say that faith is being certain of what our faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Mm-hmm. And really that's reinforcing what Jesus is saying here. None of us have seen the risen Christ. Right. But by faith we believe that he not only rose but ascended and right now reigns at the right hand of God. And what Jesus is saying is those that believe that are blessed. And that's not a throwaway term. Um, what that means is that we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ, that we, whatever he has secured is ours. This is what is being taught in Ephesians 1, that mm-hmm. all spiritual blessings are ours. That's what it means to be blessed. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's no small thing. When I say that we can, we can do this, knowledge is coming to us through this passage through two ways. We can reason with it, and then we, can, and then we have it by authority. Uh, we may not experience it, but uh, we learn most things by by an authority. As we wrap up today, I did want to just highlight one thing that might be a confusion. It will say eight days later, the disciples were inside again. And I just want you to know that that is actually talking about the next Lord's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the Jewish way of keeping time. Um, so we would say seven days later, but they refer to it in a different f- framework. And so what it's 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 once again John saying, they were gathered on the Lord's Day. Mm-hmm. And hopefully that's your practice as well. Well, we're out of time for today, but join us again tomorrow, and we'll see you then.